Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What an admonition, what an encouragement in these times that we are facing. Greetings to you at home and those that are listening from wherever you are listening. Today is an exciting day despite the challenges that we are all facing, even with the, 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 the current, uh, the, the latest announcement. We rejoice despite of our circumstances. We lift up the song in the midst of the war. We declare that Jesus is Lord despite the fact that all things point to the contrary. It's hard, it's tough, but God is in control. And this morning, we are starting a new leaf in our approach to, to, to the book of Revelation. An exciting one. I'm trusting that as we finish today, today's session, you will have a new leaf on how you, you approach the book. Last week, I challenged you to read the book. Uh, the whole chapters, and I've given you a few things to look at, how Jesus introduces himself, and what the book is all about, and to try and see in how many chapters of the book is the false prophet, the antichrist, if at all, the beast and the dragon are mentioned. So we're going to look through that and excitedly so, go through the rest of the book and hopefully discover at the end who's the main character of this book. So I want to pray for you as we start, according to the book of Psalm 119, verse 18. May the Lord help you and me this morning. May he open our eyes to see wonderful things in his word in his law, may we see Jesus as we read. Amen. So if you read the book, you may have realized that contrary to the general preaching and the general emphasis, the book of Revelation does not so much emphasize um, demons. It is a book, actually, about Christology. It's not a book about demonology. It's a book that when you read, when you finish it, you must have an awesome or an awe-inspiring sense about who Jesus is, his power, and his authority. So the question that we need to be asking ourselves right now is, why there is so much emphasis around the beast, the dragons? Why is the book preached with a view or even when we are taught, we are taught with a view to look at the things that are scary, the things that cause us trepidation. I have one suggestion for that. It's that on the whole, as human beings, we generally psychologically and emotionally tend to gravitate towards what brings us fear. The things that makes us fear, we put our attention on them. And why do we do that? Because we desire to always control situations. And what we cannot control scares us and therefore takes our attention. However, as a child of God, here are good news. 
God is in control. You don't necessarily need to be con in control of all the things, even the things that God is in control of. And because the devil knows us very well, he always starts these fires that deviate us for our attention from our purpose and our destiny and identity. So for instance, what is happening in the book of Revelation? There's so much that is spoken that we should be celebrating, but the emphasis of the way we, our minds work and the way the devil tends to influence us moves our attention from awe-inspiring things, faith-building things, to fear inducing things, and that's where we are. In a similar manner, right now, many of us are no longer thinking about their purposes, they are not thinking about their destinies, they are, they are thinking about the things that the enemy keeps doing to deviate you from who you are, what you can achieve, who is Christ in you, what has he achieved on your behalf. So, when we were growing up, I guess many of us were there. We used to call the, the main character of any movie, the staring. So I want to ask you, as you were reading the book, possibly some are still to read, who did you discover to be the staring of the book of Revelation? Let me start off by reading for you what John says in the book of John chapter 1, verse 29. And this is him introducing Jesus. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You're going to hear a lot about the Lamb of God, the Lamb, the Lamb in the book of Revelation. But we already know that the New Testament has already told us Jesus is, the, is our Passover Lamb. John is testifying that he is the Lamb that is being spoken about in the book of Revelation. So what we are going to do is to read as much as you can. I'm trusting that you have already read. So I'll read as far as I can, and, and, and conclude on how, therefore, we should be responding. And I'm just taking kind of a, a synopsis, a reading summary on what each chapter says. As I said, you probably realize that not even one-third of the book of Revelation speaks of the, the beast and the dragon and so on and so forth. So suppose it was one-third, which is not. What do you suppose the other two-thirds are talking about? And why would we be spending our time on the one-third that is just not even the whole book? Uh, let me tell you what the... Let me read for you, rather, what the larger portion talks about. And the, the, the very first chapter of the book of Revelation tells you the whole story. If you miss what it told you, then you would read the book with a sense of demons and demonology in your head. But if you hear what the, 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 the chapter, the very first chapter says, then you will read with a clear sense of confidence in Christ. I'm reading from chapter 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servant, servant what must too, soon to take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. What did he saw? That is, the word of God, the personification of the word of God is Jesus Christ himself, 
and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the, already you, John testifies to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who was and who is to come. From the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And listen to this, and all the people on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And listen to what the Lord says. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos. Why was John there? Listen, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. When I saw him, now this John has already explained, he has described who Jesus is. And then he, he now tells us, when I saw him, that is in verse 17, he, he, he tells us his response. And this is what we are talking about. How are we supposed to respond as we understand that this is a Christological book? This is the revelation of Christ. It says, when, John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The in-betweeners don't matter. So now... I asked a question last week. I said, go and check, for instance, how does he introduce himself to the churches? Because that is an unfolding revelation of his Christology or of, of, of his supremacy in the book. Jesus, in introducing himself, he says to John, as you write to the churches, write, these are the words of to the angel of the church, he says, these are the words of him, of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks amongst the seven golden lampstands, which is us, the church, to the church of Smyrna. These are the words of him who is the first and the light, the last, who died and came to life. To the angel of of Peganam, these are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. Tatara, these are the words of the Son of God, some may doubt, but he is the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. To the angel of the church inside his right, these are the words of whom? Now listen, Jesus, as he speaks, he's revealing himself to these churches. He's showing that I am supreme. I'm the one who holds you intact. I am the one who rewards you. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He, he, he says to the church in Philadelphia, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. That is total authority that is upon Jesus as according to Matthew 28, 18. 
to the church in Laodicea. He says, right, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus, he introduces himself. He says, I am the, 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 the holder of keys to death and hate. The book of Hebrews attests to that, that he has taken authority over, the, over death and him who holds the keys of death. And so... We don't have to fear because he who holds us in the palm of his hands has the keys of hates, death and hates. Now, listen to chapter 4. Chapter 4 introduces us to the throne in heaven and the worship of the living creatures and the response of the, the 24 elders. Who is being worshipped in heaven? It says... In, in Revelation 4, 8, each of the living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, we are told pray without ceasing. In heaven, it is worship without ceasing. It says, they never stop saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And Jesus has already introduced himself as one who was and is and is to come. And when they, 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 they give this worship, the Bible says in, 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 in verse 11 of chapter 4, it says the 24 elders' response is that you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by, the, by your will they were created and have their being. John chapter 1 tells us, when after we know that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the, was, the word was God, it tells us that by him he created all things, nothing that is exists without him. Even Colossians 1, from when you read verse 15, talking about him being the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. It says, for by him and for him and through him all things were created. Hebrews tells us he sustains everything by the word of his power or the power of his word, depending on the version you are reading. So already... Heaven worships Jesus. Chapter 5 reveals him as the lion and the lamb. And it, it tells us of the crisis that heaven and earth cannot um, solve. God the Father is holding this, the scroll that is written on, on both sides and no one is found worthy. But who is worthy? He, the one who is worthy is the one about whom the book of Revelation is, is, is written. Is about whom attention should be given to. John writes, he says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven, listen, in heaven, on earth, under the earth, could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found. You have to pause. No one was found. No one even now deserves our attention. It is not crisis. It is not demons. It is not pastors. It is not the beast. It's not the dragon. No one is worthy of our attention. 
Acts 4.12 tells us that there is no other name by which we can be saved. Listen to it. John says, I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before who? Before the lamb. Who is the lamb? Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of man. Jesus Christ. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of full of incense, which are prayers of God's people. Our prayers, who do we pray? We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Who has qualified us to stand before God and pray? Jesus Christ. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. I love the song this by Sissy Winans. Worthy is the Lord. Because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve God. And listen to this part, which we, we are overlooking and says, and they will reign on earth. We will reign. The demons, the devil, the beasts are not going to reign. We are the ones who are going to reign because Jesus has purchased us. John says, then I looked and heard voices of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory, honor and glory and power and praise. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down to worship. That is a response that should be evoked in us as we read and we get the revelation. They fell down and worshiped. Beautiful. That was Revelation 5. In Revelation chapter 6, we read about the seven seals the, when Jesus starts opening the, the seven seals. And what is of note is that the seven seals could only be opened by Jesus. And that all else that came out of the opening depended on the worthiness of Jesus Christ to reveal it. So Jesus is the one who reveals these things. Hence, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation from Jesus. Why would Jesus give a revelation that glorifies the devil? Jesus, God, even in forgiving us, even in blotting our trespasses, he doesn't do it for our sake. He says, I am forgiving you for my name's sake, for my glory. So the, the book of Revelation cannot give greater airtime, cannot give an emphasis to what glorifies the enemy of God. Chapter 7. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and guess before who? Before the Lamb, before Jesus. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne 
end to the Lamb because there is no other name by which we can be saved. Salvation is found in the name of Jesus. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever and amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where do they come from? I answered, say, you know. And he said, these are they who come out of Great, the great tribulation. Listen, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb because the, the blood of animals, of goat and sheep, the, the blood of ancestral worship, the blood of other men are not able to purify and take away our sins. We cannot wash our dirty, ragged sins and, and apparels in them. But the blood of Jesus Christ Come unto me, the Lord says, let us reason together. Even if your sins may be red like crimson, they'll be white as snow. Why? Because the blood of Jesus washes. Mm. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they, they thirst. The sun will not beat them down, nor any scorching heat for the lamb. At the center of the throne will be their shepherd who will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Chapter 8 and 10. We now get to a place where the seventh seal is open and we hear of the, the angels coming with the seven trumpets and the little scroll of which all of these things that you see in 8 to 10 are all under the authority of Christ as we had already read in the epistles. In chapter 11, hmm, the seven angels sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom, ah, this is the part I like. Everybody thinks, no, no. Uh, uh, the men of lawlessness will come and will have this kingdom and he will fight the church and the church will be defeated and yes, we will, we will be killed. Yes, we will suffer. But listen to the eventualities. The eventualities are simple. The devil, the dragon, the beast, the false prophet are going to be cast into the lake of fire. What happens to these governments that are corrupt? The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. No human being will retain their power. Christ supersedes them. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped they keep worshiping, saying, we give things to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have began to reign. The nations were angry, you can imagine, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name. 
The reward is coming for those who love Jesus, for those who honor him, who fear him, who honor his name and revere him, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. That was Revelation 15 to 18. Mm. 12, 11, 15 to 18. And, and, and the devil, we have already read in, in Revelation 12, verse 11. We, we do have a contention. We do have a wrestling match. But he doesn't always win. We also, it says in verse 11 of Revelation 12, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is the word of their testimony? The book of, of, of Hebrews tells us, hold on to your confession. What is our good confession? What is the confession that... Uh, Paul speaks of talking to Timothy that you, you, you made a good confession. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. That's our confession. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Now listen to Revelation 14. 1. It says, Then I looked there before me was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion. There was the lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him the 144,000 that we spoke about, who had his name. He is even the one who distinguishes. He's the one who, 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 who kind of allocates who and where you shall be. The 144,000, who are they standing with? You guessed right. The lamb of God. That takes away the sin of man, Jesus. And in chapter 15, we read about the seven, the seven plagues. Let me just read verse 2 to verse 4. It says, And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire, and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious. Listen, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. The triple six. How many times does triple six appear in the Bible? Check it and ask yourself, why so much emphasis when the Bible says there are those who will overcome the number of its name. And those are the ones who hold on to the confession of their, their confession of Jesus as Christ. They held harps given them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and the song of who? The song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you? That's another response that this thing must, uh, the, the, the reading of the book must evoke in us. Fearing who? Not fearing situations, not fearing demons, but fearing him who holds us in the palm of his hand. Oh Lord, and bring glory to your name. For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you for your righteousness acts have been revealed. All nations will come. The Bible tells us that out of all nations, we were chosen. We will worship. But it also tells us that even those who pierced him, even those who would not worship him now, there will come a time when Jesus comes as judge, and at that time, at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, and even those who say he's a Jew, we hate him, he's not black. On that day, 
they will bow before the king of kings. Jesus is Lord. This book is about him. Chapter 16, we read about the seven bows, you know? And, and uh, in chapter 16, I just want to go to verse 15 where Jesus says, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shameful. What, is, what has Jesus been saying in the, in, the, uh, 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 in the gospels? He says, watch, watch, I will come like a thief. He keeps repeating. So it is about him coming. So we need to be watching and waiting for the king to come. Chapter 17. Are you still there? I trust you are getting energized to, to, to worship Jesus, to respond appropriately. Talks about the great Babylon, you know, and the defeat of the earthly kings. I'm just going to read verse 12 and verse 14. It says, The ten horns you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast, the one that we actually triumph over. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the lamb. They will wage war against Jesus. Jesus is the most attacked name. Jesus is the most criticized name. And that is why our gospel is, is foolishness to most people. People think of us as lunatics, as extremists. But you see, the enemy is working very hard to wage war against the name of Jesus Christ and those who hold his name in reverence and who confess him as Lord. But this is how it ends. It says, but the Lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. What has he done? As he has called us, he has justified. What has he done? He, he has justified us. He will glorify us. These temporary afflictions are passing. We will be glorified with Jesus. It's just a matter of time. Chapter 18 says the fall of Babylon. Listen to verse 20 of chapter. It says, Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets. For God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. Those children of God that are suffering, the Bible says, your tormentors will be judged. Chapter 19. The wedding, the invitation to the wedding of the Lamb and the defeat of the dragon. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this reading. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of 
of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. That's how we should be responding to this book. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready, talking about us, the church. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding of the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true ways of God. At this, I fell at his feet. I felt so overwhelmed. John seems to say, these news were too much. I just felt overwhelmed. I fell at the, 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 the feet of this angel. But he said to me, don't do that. Unlike most pastors today who allow people to fall at their feet and worship, I don't want to get into many of those uh, extremes. The angel says, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of the, the spirit of prophets who bears testimony to Jesus, who bears testimony to Jesus. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white throne, a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. He has already introduced himself to the church as faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in his blood, and his name is the Word of God. Who is the Word of God? Jesus. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, the same one that he told the churches. I'm the one with a double-edged sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. <laughs> then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. We know how this ends. But the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fire lake of burning sulfur. See, that's how it ends. We win in the end. Those who are in Christ, we win. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Wow. What an end to an enemy that most of us are fearing. We are almost there. Are you still charged? I'm charged myself. Chapter 20, Satan's defeat and judgment of the human race. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. 
And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony. Listen to how, why they were beheaded. Because of their testimony about Jesus. That's just how much the Antichrist that operates in the hearts of those who don't want to receive Christ. That's just how much they hate believers. They were beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their heads, on their foreheads and on their hands. They came to life. See, we win. Even those that the beast had killed. It says they came to life, not just resurrected. And reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed are and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Anyone... As in verse 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So basically where the devil ends, if you have not received Jesus Christ, that's where you end, in the lake of fire. So here's a very important reminder. The lake of fire, or what we generally talk of as hell, does not belong to the devil. However you perceive hell. But if your idea of hell is where we're going to burn if we are not saved. Well, he didn't create it. He doesn't own it. That's where he's going to go. Death and Hades and whoever's name is not found in the book of life according to chapter 20 and 21. Well, so now, how do we conclude on this matter? Man, Jesus says so many things. Listen, I'm reading the concluding chapter. And I, I just hope that as... as, as you, I was reading, you were aware that everything is about Jesus. It's about him. Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing the twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them the light, and they will reign forever and ever. Jesus is the light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The angel said, 
to me. These ways are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits, the prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Jesus is speaking. Better we pay attention. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the ways of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard them and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I'm a fellow servant with you, with your brothers, the prophets. Worship God. Jesus is speaking once more from verse 12. Let's pay attention. What does he say? Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. He's the reward of them that diligently seek him. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, everyone who loves and practice falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who say, who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the, the, the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, this is Jesus. I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. As the reading of the book shows you that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ to bring the Trinity, the Godhead, glory. So we are not supposed to read it with a demonic lens. We must read it with a Christology lens. And then what will we see? Jesus is supreme. We win in him. What is our response? We worship him. What is our response? We revere him, we fear him, we bow before him. What is our response? We put our confidence, we put our trust in him. We surrender it to him. All to Jesus, I surrender. We surrender it to him. As we, we, we just want to respond wherever you are. You may stand, you may sit, you may do whatever you want to do. But I just want you to join with us as we give the appropriate response, as we worship him. There's a song, the song will play. You can play your own song at home. But let's just mingle our voices wherever we are, with the chorus of heaven and declare him holy. Won't you just worship with us? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Oh, blessed Savior, Holy Spirit, we give you glory and honor. 
Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. We declare, holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy indeed, O Lord, to, 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 to take the book and open the seal thereof. For by your blood you purchased us from every tribe, every nation, every language group, and from us who were sinners, us who were downtrodden, us who were scared of death, us who were hell bound. You have made kingdom, a kingdom of priests and kings, and with you we reign. You are worthy, Lord, you are worthy. Glory and honor and praise and adoration, strength and, and, and power. Lord, we join the chorus of heaven to declare hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Salvation and honor and glory and power belongs to our God, belongs to our God, belongs to our God. You reign over the kings of the earth. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Spirit, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We thank you right now. We lift up our hands. We raise our voices. Some bow, Lord. Some prostrate before you. Our only desire is to glorify the King, is to declare that you are worthy, Lord. May the things of this world fade in their beauty. May they fade, Lord, as we worship you in the beauty of holiness, Lord. Many of us are facing storms, storms of life. We are attacked, we are hard-pressed from every side. But because you are king, you hold us in the palm of your hand. You say, do not fear, for I am your God. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. I will uphold with my righteous right hand. I will make you the head and not the tail. Father, we thank you that victory is ours in Jesus. You lead us triumphantly through Christ, spreading through us the aroma of Christ. To some, Lord, we are the smell of life. To others, we are the aroma of death. Who is equal to such a task? But God reigns, you reign, you reign to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to the immortal, invisible, invincible God. To you belongs glory. To you belongs honor. To you belongs adoration. None is Hallelujah, you reign, you reign supreme God. Thank you, Jesus. As you continue to worship God in your own space, let me just remind those that are sick, those that are broken, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. And for those that are facing death, Maybe you are sick, you think I will die. Maybe you think you have messed up. In this atmosphere of worship, just give your life to Jesus. Tell Jesus, I believe in you. You are God who reigns. You came and died for my sins. And as it were, there's always an 11th hour for the one who's at the deathbed. Like that thief, that robber at the cross, 
at his very last hour, he said, Lord, remember me. May you ask Jesus to remember you. Father, I thank you. Now I want to pray for the viewers. Pray for the listeners. I pray that you will stay confident in the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the only warrior who has never lost a single battle and is not to lose one with their lives, Lord. But if they start today, they say, Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus will come, will comfort. Jesus will strengthen. Jesus will heal. And even if they were to leave this body, Jesus will resurrect. Jesus will rejuvenate, reinvigorate. Jesus is the only need that we have that will meet all our needs. I pray for restoration of health, of marriages, of businesses. I pray for renewed faith, Lord. I pray that your people, the church, will rise and declare whatever comes my way, I will worship him. I will give him praise. I will stand for the name of Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, there's this one declaration, one confession I have to make. Jesus is Lord.